Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, Albie Shore. And basketball's been interesting. Straight up. Basketball's just been interesting. We come off a game last week where we win by one point against TCU without Warren Washington, where we did not look good, did not look like a great team, but we scraped it out. Followed that up by some wild Twitter discourse uh, where you know people basically told some of our former alumni to shut up and dribble, um, and uh, then people defended them on that aspect, and it was a whole thing. Uh, then follow that up with a road loss to UCF, which, of course, anytime Texas Tech basketball loses, um, everybody has thoughts to say about that, whether it's re- correctly reactionary or overreactionary, which usually is the latter. Um, and all before we play Texas at home in the likely final time we'll play the Longhorns, at least for a good while. Uh, so, to discuss all of that, and as we step into Albies Arena, we have a new guest, and I know during this time, during Hoops Basketball, we have been bringing on people from the tech podverse, um, from, you know, Talking Tech, Rambling Raiders, Gambling Gauchos. I just realized we have a lot of alliteration in all some of our other uh, groups in the tech podverse, but this time, I'm going outside of the realm to bring on a rival, a hated person, every single person that has ever met this guy hates him, just straight up, just like that. The worst. Absolute worst. Um, good God, it's Gerald Goodridge. Uh, what's going on, Gerald, from the Longhorn Podcast? What's up, man? How do you like that introduction, by the more, way? More alliteration. <laughs> I feel I feel at home. <laughs> I, You know, that is... See, because every time you come on the pod, I big up you. I tell you how wonderful you are, how much we appreciate <laughs> you being on this podcast, how you're one of the few Texas fans that almost everybody who's ever met you actually likes. So I felt like it's way too much love and adoration. So I got to switch it up this time. You know, my kids don't do a good enough job of keeping me humble. You know, my kids actually really do an incredible job of keeping me humble. But I appreciate you chipping. That was this. That was like the moment I found out that like years after there was one guy in high school that didn't like me. And I still think about it to this day. I'm like, what what did I do to that dude? Like, I don't know why everybody else seemed to like me. But this one dude from my biology class freshman year. Didn't like me, and I still think about it. No, you want to? You want to step into the therapy? We can talk about this in the, in the in the therapy session here. That guy just sucks, and you got to realize that guy just sucks. It's just straight up like that, right? Like not, uh, some people, some do. people just suck. You know, it is what it is. Um, you know who else sucks? TCU. <laughs> so TCU. So I will say this, right? So the game that Texas Tech played last week uh, against TCU was a game that, and I mentioned it beforehand, we didn't look great in it. I mean, in that game at home, 
Texas Tech, you know, shot 27% from three, which we have not been shooting good from three whatsoever all season. Got absolutely obliterated on the boards like we have. I mean, this was very much a microcosm of all the problems that have been plaguing Tech all year long. Without our star center, or our starting center, I should say, in Warren Washington, who's very valuable as that big man, both offensively and defensively down low. I mean, you could tell. I mean, we only had two blocks in this game. Usually with Warren Washington, we're going to have at least, I mean, he alone is going to get usually at least two blocks in a game. So, overall, the just usually this game was set up as a recipe to lose, right? Uh, Pop Isaac can't buy a basket. He still can't buy a basket. Um, Darren Washington, Darren Williams doesn't necessarily, he has a decent game, but doesn't go off like he has the past few games. Chance McMillian also not, it doesn't have this incredible game off the bench. This, by every stretch of the imagination, seems to have been a loss. However, Tech somehow find a way, found a way at the end of the second half to win the game. Gerald, I mean, from an outsider's view, did did that win impress you? Or were you just like, meh, it is what it is? I mean, I, the Big 12 is a hard place to win regardless, right? Whoever you are playing, the Big 12 is a ball of knives. And so if winning by one or winning by, uh, well, I can't say that. I was going to say winning by a dozen because winning by a dozen is more impressive than winning by one. But, um, you know, a, a win in the Big 12 is good and again when you don't have uh, we'll talk about my longhorns here in a minute but like texas is really struggling in games where their stars don't have big games so the ability for um tech to get a win in spite of um not having the star games from their star players is huge and so i think you can't overlook that now we'll talk about maybe why you can when we talk about the next game but i think overall you know again a win on national tv a lot of eyes on it like that's a big deal and i think you know that tcu win is going to be something that you can point to um for a tournament resume right when you think about where um tech ends up in the in the NCAA tournament i think there's there's something to be said about they gutted out this win it was a home win so it's not as valuable potentially as a road win in the big 12 but a, a win in the big 12 regardless is tough to come by yeah i mean and it's funny because you're talking about that and tcu and texas right now are kind of neck and neck and bubble watch right both teams are likely to get in but haven't you know this win i think for tech boom stamp your ticket let's make plans for march um you would have to absolutely employ like i think tech at this point could lose every game for the rest of the season and still get a a, a nine seed right like it's that game this win right here against tcu really it's Book your ticket, Texas Tech, you're in the NCAA tournament. TCU and Texas, I still think, have a little bit more work to do. Again, should be in, will likely be in, but it's not a, oh, if we lose the rest of our games, we'll definitely be in type of situation for both of them. So TCU is still fighting in this game. And so, and not to mention, you talked about it being a nationally televised game. I mean, Fran talked about it, I feel like, every other uh, play. Oh, well, you know, Warren Washington's not here. You know, Warren Washington's not here. Did you know Warren Washington is not playing? And so if you are somebody that doesn't even know as much attack and you are on the committee, right? Because, I mean, they got to look at 300 teams. I'm not expecting them to just know 100% about every other team. But it does say, okay, well, this Texas Tech team was able to beat a TCU team that's likely going to be in the tournament without their third best player, right? And so that alone, I think, does mean a little bit something. And, I mean, so... With that, with your Longhorns, and y'all have dealt with a little your fair share of nicks and knacks and injuries in here, and there's been games for y'all that you have kind of let slip through your fingers in that same aspect, and then other games where, you know, out of nowhere, you're like, well, Texas found a way to win a game I didn't think they would win. You know, it's that's life in the Big 12. 
I mean, the Big 12, we say it on our podcast all the time, the Big 12 is like a ball of knives, like constantly just rolling around. You're going to get cut every now and again, right? And that that is what the Big 12 is. So, uh, you know, Tech has positioned itself well and won, um, I think, the right games. Again, that, that Kansas win is going to do a lot of work for you all as you look at um, the tournament. And, you know, probably Texas's Kansas loss is going to do a lot of work in the other direction, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, again, Tech has done, done I think, a enough what it needed to do right they got an early season win over a ranked a and don't know what where AM looks now as far as quadrants go because AM has been hot caca over the last couple of uh weeks but still i mean it's still they've got you've got a win over texas on the road right like it's a big deal so like i guess positioned itself really really well and again that tcu win is just another one especially again like you said without uh washington in the lineup so i'll give the longhorns this credit the longhorns with the exception of, so early in the season, y'all lost a home game to West, or y'all lost on the road to West Virginia, and you lost a home game to UCF. Since then, you just don't lose to teams you shouldn't be, or you should be. Like, it just hasn't been the case, right? Every game that you've played since then, if it's a game where you should beat them, you typically win. A good example of that is uh, home against West Virginia. Nice, easy blowout win. Home against Kansas State. Not a blowout, but still a nice, easy win. So every, uh, even at TCU, which might as well have been a home game because any game that a Texas team plays at TCU is a home game. Um, a night, a good win for the Longhorns right now. Like I said, y'all are right now battling for at the very least. Even if y'all both make it to the tournament, you're battling for positioning and seeding, right? Whether it's Texas is a seven seed and TCU is an eight seed, or, or vice versa. So, um, I I think that when I'm looking at so with the Texas Longhorns, the, the fact that y'all have been able to beat teams that you should beat has been a benefit. Texas Tech recently can't say the same, right? And it really started off <laughs> with a truly bad loss home against Cincinnati. And I've, I've mentioned it that that was our first bad loss of the season. Tech might have suffered the second bad loss of the season. Now, I won't necessarily go as far as to say losing at UCF is a necessarily a bad loss because UCF is not a bad team. They're a team that's also currently still fighting. And now this, the only difference is, is that when I say fighting to make the tournament, I think Texas will likely get in UCF got a lot of work to do to get in the tournament. However, they're a good team. Like I, I was me and Jeremy were talking about the other day. If UCF was still in the American, they probably would have won the whole league. They just, oh, yeah. they just sure. picked the worst year to have their best basketball team of the last decade. That's, that's it. You know, it is what it is. Sorry, UCF. And so because of that, this was a good team. And I was, I was joking on the Sons of UF, UCF pod in that the second we got ranked, I was like, man, this game at Orlando just got that much tougher. Because it's like they see blood in the water. They see a ranked team at home in Orlando with T.I. sitting courtside. And they're like, yep, time to turn up. And they, they've got a great... Like, when UCF fans are invested, I don't know if there's a fan base that's, like, more rabid. Like, they are one of those fan bases. Like, when they're invested, when they're bought in, um, you know, they are a a fan base that gets up for it, and they're going to give you hell. Um, And I think that is wasn't always the case in their previous conference, but I think that's why the move to the Big 12 was as big for them as it was, right? Because they were able to come in and generate some fan interest. I think they were hitting like 2,000 people at games last year, something dumb I heard, um, like just absolutely ridiculous. And so they're able to pack that place out and get fans out there. And and again, um, UCF is that team that I think is comes out and wants to punch you in the mouth, right? Texas lost to them. Six-point loss in Austin, right? Like, that's... Really? UCF can do that. I don't remember that. What happened What happened at that game? I really don't... Hmm. 
That's interesting. Texas lost to UCF. What happened at that game? I, I, I just my memory's really bad. I don't really remember that game in particular. That specific game seems just kind of foggy. Do you remember, Gerald? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blocking that one out from my. Oh, from my are you? House. Oh, I just I could have swore. I don't know something about like horns and going down and the coach getting rapidly upset or something like that. I don't know. Oh, I I thought you were talking about Texas getting outscored forty-five to like thirty in the second half. That's what I thought you were. talking Oh, really? About. No, no. I mean, if yeah. We, no, it was, you know, if we're talking about Texas sports being embarrassed on national television. That's I mean, there's a list, but I a lot was, of things. Uh, <laughs> Uh, The problem I have with you being on this podcast is you're way too good of a sport, okay? That's the issue, all right? I need to start bringing... I mean... You know, I I lived through Charlie Strong. I lived through, like, late-stage Mac Brown. Like, I was on the sideline for the Michael Crabtree catch. Like, it's impossible for me to take this seriously. Like, it just is what it is. Uh, Quick sidebar. Sorry, that was kind of weird. The um, greatest thing about the Crabtree catch is that everybody forgets about one person and one and I, we may have even talked about this on this episode before on this, this podcast with you on before but the person who should be so um, happy that time is the be- best, biggest forgiver is Blake Gideon because everybody has completely forgotten that the game was won the play before I mean when you say everybody what do you mean by everybody? Because people brought that up when he got hired to coach Texas's safeties. That oh, was really? a subject of conversation that a couple is, years back. I, 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 well, maybe, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's one of those things just like, um, uh, most people don't remember, even remember that Davide Moretti lost the ball on, or got the ball out on him on his fingertips, even though it should have been tech ball, except for tech fans. I mean, it must be one of those things. Yeah. But everybody else has an alternate reality. Um, everybody remembers the Crabtree catch, but Texas fans are sitting there like, man, if only Blake Gideon. Oh, yeah. Had... Blake Gideon had the game ended. He really did. The other thing is, like, if Earl, Earl Thomas doesn't hear a whistle in the stands, right? <laughs> well, so what's well, – who do you dislike more, Blake Gideon for the drop or Earl Thomas for also overshooting the tackle on you know, Crabtree to begin with? It really, like – there was, I don't think there was much for Earl to do on that. Like, uh, like he tried to make the play, and Michael Crabtree's just one of the best receivers the Big 12 has ever seen, right? Like, there's no two ways around that, right? Blake, Blake Gideon dropped a batting practice catch, right? Like, that's that's BP. That is, you're, play, you're playing jackpot in the backyard with your friends. Like, you've been doing that since you were six, playboy. Oh, I thought the game was over. Sure. That, when the ball was up, and I thought, I was like, oh, there it is. Sure I will is. say, had... Crabtree got pushed out of bounds like I think everybody assumed he was going to, except for Michael Crabtree. We still have time. So that was another yeah. thing there, too. Like, there was still – that would have put us at, like, I don't know, I'm spitballing here, like a 14-yard line with, like, yeah. ten, like eight, eight seconds to go or something like that. There, there was at least one more um, play on the clock, for sure. Yeah, so, like, uh, you know, time. Anyways, this is a basketball episode. I don't want to get sidetracked too much because um, Gerald and I could literally talk forever about every single – I think the fact of the matter is is that they are a good team. And uh, some of the overreactions that the Tech fan base, and I'll clue you in on this, Gerald, because I, I don't know if you actually have known this, but after the TCU game, uh, Norris Odiase, uh, Texas Tech legend, and I don't just throw that word around, but it's legitimately a legend, was on the national championship team, was also on the Elite Eight team, part of the greatest basketball recruiting class probably ever. Um, great, great ambassador for the university. After the TCU game, said, we didn't deserve to win. We, we didn't. I mean, that's not a... That's not a wild thing to say. I mean, coaches say it all the time. It's not a controversial topic. We didn't deserve to win. 
Uh, we shouldn't have won the game. We got lucky to win. A lot of people took offense to that. Right? A lot of former other former players kind of had his back and said, well, what are y'all talking about? Like, he's a former player telling you from his expect, uh, perspective that we didn't deserve to win, and if we play like that, we're not going to go far in March. Uh, you know, and... Um, but, of course, you know, Tech fans can't always be the most forgiving. Of course, kind of carrying on to that after the UCF game. Again, UCF is a really good team, um, despite what their record says. They are a good team. I think there's really only one, two bad teams in the Big 12. Um... Yeah, they're both bad. Two bad teams in the Big 12. But everybody else, every the other 12, UCF included, are still pretty good teams. The two bad teams being West Virginia and Oklahoma State. Y'all, I was watching West Virginia before I started recording this. Y'all are terrible. But the other 12 teams are really good. And so I knew what was going to happen. I actually got off Twitter right after the game ended because I, under, I knew the think pieces would happen about this team is this, this team is that, this team is this, that, and the other. It's just a long basketball season. So one day you're slandering Norrence and, and uh, um, uh, Todrick Gocher and, and Brandon Francis and all these other guys because they're saying, hey, players got to do better. The next day you're saying, well, play, you know, the, the team stinks because they lost to a pretty good team in Orlando on the road, which not to mention just travel in general. Is due to, there's a reason why we have a terrible record in Morgantown, as is most people, because of travel. I mean, you're traveling across the, halfway through the country and against a good team, it's going to be a tough game to begin with. And, of course, the second half was pretty bad for the Red Raiders. I mean, it's tech, – tech, tech fans on Twitter, man, it can be a thing. I mean, I think Big 12 fans on Twitter in general, right? Like, it is – you know, it is what it is. And um, I I tend on – I, I probably err on the side of, like, too like, – I can be too confrontational sometimes. But, like, there's a line, right? Like, I feel it, – it is just – um, I don't get it. I don't get, I don't know. I mean, fanatic, right? We're fanatics. It's part of the, the root word, right? So there's something obviously broken in our brains at some point for us to, uh, act the way we do. It's just, it, it is, it's just wild that like, that's the reaction and how viscerally angry people get all the time. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like we are cheering for laundry. Cause you're going to be here next year when all these guys are gone cheering for the same jerseys with different people in it. Like, yeah. let's just chill. Like, let's up. just, let's just chill. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's a really great point. Like, straight up, we are, and it's, I think there is a little bit more attachments because the university we went to and, and yada, yada, yada. But um, I think one of the biggest things, and I, you know, back in when I was trying to be a serious journalist, I learned this uh, before, is that at the end of the day, these are 18 to 22, well, now 18 to 25 year olds, but either way, these are children. These are, I mean, not children, but these are young, young, young adults. These are very young adults that we are, you know, tied our whole livelihoods to. So let's, everything needs to be taken with some grace, right? But some grace and some understand, level of understanding um, and not, and go, and sometimes go out and touch grass. I think that's the, the main topic of discussion. Go out and touch grass, right? Like it's, get offline. I'm I'm a big reader and there's um I read all sorts of books right up there's a like not I hate like the term self help but it's more like just like a, a, a book about how you think it's called Think Again by Adam Grant and he talks about how like um 
sports fandom or like any situation in life is really just a matter of like circumstance. And he talks about how um, there was a there was a research study uh, of like Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees fans and how they would how they basically thought the same thing about each other. But there was no like socioeconomic difference between either of them. It's just literally that one happened to be born in Boston, one happened to be born in New York City. And it's the same thing. Right. If I hadn't got into the University of Texas, I'd probably feel differently about the University of Texas. Right. Um, but I did. So that's where we're at. Right. I may have ended up in love. It could feel completely different. Uh, so like that's where like it's just, just chill. Everybody just chill. Relax. Relax your shoulders. Exactly. Exactly. Though I do. I do sometimes. I, I, got, I got a question for you, Jared. What was your uh, number two school? If you didn't go to Texas, where would you have went? Actually, I would have ended up at Texas State, San Marcos. That's where it would have been. Bobcats. That's that. That is why there. Just because of the proximity to Austin. So I wanted to be. Well, I went to school originally to be a teacher, and Texas Austin. State University has a really good education program. Yeah. Well, I was about to say it. you're from San Antonio, right? I am from San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, yeah. So it's an education. Wait, wait. Time out. Did it have anything to do, anything to do with the ratio? It did not. You know, you know not. what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. It did not <laughs> at all. I wanted, I wanted to be a science teacher and or some sort of coach. And then I did one semester of student teaching, and I said, "H no, I am done with this. I these, these, these bad behind kids. I can't do it." Every everybody who's ever considered going to Texas State for the past 15 years will know exactly what I mean when I say the ratio. Um, <laughs> it didn't hurt. I'll say that it didn't hurt. Thing. It didn't hurt chances, but it was the consideration was primarily for the 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 educational outcomes. Let me tell you something. I wanted to do. I wanted to be a walk on for football at Texas State. I wasn't like Big 12 football was never even a thought in my mind. Like that's not that's not me. Okay, I'm over here getting like scholarship offers to McMurray University. Big oh, yeah. No, thank you. We, uh, almost ended like, up in, we, we might have played together. I almost ended up in McMurray to play a little football. See, there we go. There we go, baby. <laughs> let's go. D2, D3 football. Let's get Come it. Come on. But uh, so I was like, yeah, that's not happening. But Texas State, I was like, ah, maybe, maybe. So I, I went and I visited there. I walked up the hill and I was like, there's no way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there is absolutely zero way. Not doing it, right? And so I literally told the exact opposite in the flat plains that is Lubbock, Texas. I, I asked though because um, so my other school that I would have, if not Tech, would have actually been Baylor. And I always okay. question. I always say, what you know, what type of person would I have been if I would have went to Baylor? That's a big difference. Of, that is that a big. Is a it's a big huge difference. difference. That is a huge. Like Texas State and Texas aren't y'all both kind of weird, right? A little um, bit, yeah. Texas State's. Uh, I mean, I will say San Marcos is, I know people are going to hate me for saying this on this podcast. I do think Lubbock is a fantastic college town. I think it's one of the top, definitely top three college town in the state. Yeah, I'd say top three. College town. So Austin doesn't count. Um, no, Austin's not a college town. That's not, yeah. San Marcos is number one, though. There's, no, it's not even, I don't even think there's a close second. San Marcos is the best college town in the state. Um, no arguments here. Yeah, but very similar, Texas and Texas State, I would say. Um, oh, yeah. But Texas Tech and Baylor, vast differences. It's a very, very big difference, Albie. I, yeah. I, we, can, we can talk offline about that. <laughs> so, um, one thing that I talk offline to everybody about is Charlie Hustle, baby. Right? That's Charlie Hustle is the a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City. That's right, the home of the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, 
home of Patrick Mahomes. So make sure to go to charliehustle.com and get the best in Texas Tech and Kansas City Chiefs gear. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best dressed fan this season. So be sure to check out their wider selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today. Show off the Texas Tech spirit all season long using our promo code 101215, which is good for 15% off of all non-sale items. Again, promo code 101215 at charliehustle.com. Charlie Hustle, vintage, made, fresh. Uh, speaking of which, 1012, the network pod just celebrated the 500th episode. Um, so shouts to them. Uh, great to be on this network that Gerald's going to be a part of at least for the next five months before he leaves us for greener pastures in the sec. Um, I'm, I'm sniffling just thinking about it. Uh, Although we've gone... That's all we can play, right? For uh, for rights. Right. I don't. Yeah, gotta pay listen, for it. Let me tell you something. We don't have the money. It's not in the budget. All right. Um, so, kind of going back to Texas, Texas, and Texas Tech hoops. Let's talk about your Longhorns real quick. So we we mentioned before that um, Texas have lost a game to UCF, um, where a certain coach got into a tirade. But we also one thing we did not mention is uh, how much you got whacked. In Allen Fieldhouse this past week, losing by 19. So you didn't get 20 pieces, so props on that. But losing yep. by 19 to Kansas in Kansas, which is uh, an incredibly tough place to play, as everybody knows. So, I mean, what happened? <laughs> Straight up. Uh... The ball did not go in the hoop a lot in that first half. No, um, I mean, Texas got 20 pieced in the first half is really what happened, right? 45 to 25 at halftime is really all you need to know about that. Texas only made nine field goals in the first half of that basketball game. Like, they just, you, you, you are not going to beat anybody shooting 26% from the floor uh, in a half of basketball, right? It's just not how it works. And even when they got to the line, they got to the line like 13 times in the first half and they didn't make any of those free throws. Like, that's a big, that's, that's like really, the biggest thing, right? Texas got bullied down in the paint. I think they got outscored by like 18 or 19 points, points in the paint, right? Like that's like that's your difference right there. I think uh, let me look, I've got the stats. So Texas 34 points in the paint, Kansas 52 points in the paint, right? That's that is 18 points in like that's that's basically the difference in the game right there. So like and you know Texas doesn't necessarily have like that you know, Texas has Dylan DeSue, who's still kind of coming into, like, he's only played, like, 18 or so games this year. So, like, but Texas doesn't have, like, that dominating center. They don't have that dominating big man. Like, when DeSue's not having one of those nights, right, he only scored eight in that game, eight, uh, and, like, three boards, which is not going to get it done. Um Especially when, like, you know, Max Asmus, who's supposed to be, like, your big scorer, uh, goes 2 of 8 from the floor, right? Like, those things don't go together. One of those guys can be off, but both of them can't be. Uh, so, like, that's the, like, Texas got abused in the paint. Texas didn't do a great job of, um, you know, playing defense down low, and, and Kansas took advantage of that. And so, um, obviously, like I said, Asmus had an off night. Tyrese Hunter scored 12, but he only hit, uh, you know, he... Turn the ball over a couple of times, you know, Ch when Chendall Weaver is one of your top scores, like, you know, things just went sideways on you real fast. Um, it just, you know, it's just, it was just one of those nights. Kansas was really good in the first half and Texas, you know, outscored him in the second half, but, but couldn't do enough to, to really overcome a, a 20 point deficit that they took in at halftime. Yeah. You know, it's y'all also, I think really have faced, faced Kansas at the wrong time, right? Cause Kansas, with Kevin McCullough's injury, 
they had a period where they, you know, at one point in the season, I thought Kansas was the best team in the country. Mm-hmm. And with the Kevin McCullers injury, they really um, have struggled to figure out just exactly how the team was going to play moving forward without not only their best ball handler, best scorer, and best player, right? They lost to K-State, should have lost to Baylor, um, and then, of course, gets gets obliterated by Tech um, in Lubbock. And I, I personally think Bill Self's the best coach in the country, and it was almost like Bill Self said, hey, let's, let's cut our – our ish and get these things right and had a really good nice win on the road against Oklahoma and then of course uh, beating Texas like they stole something and it's almost like they're back in a way and, and McCullough's still injured like it's, for those that don't know he's still hurt but it's like now they're starting to find the rhythm of how to play basketball without them and y'all just really played them at a pretty terrible time I mean this is the time when everybody's supposed to get hot, right? Like, if you're trying to make yeah. a tournament run, like, February is the time to start uh, making your run, and Kansas is doing that, and Texas is losing every other game. Like, Texas has been strung together back-to-back wins um, since, like, January, right? Since middle of January, and that's, I think, one of, like, two spots where they've won back-to-back games. Uh, it's like, it's just, it's Kansas getting hot, doing what they're supposed to, and, and um, like I said, Texas can't afford to have those those big-time players come up so light when Kansas's stars do what they do, right? Like, you've got Hunter Dixon that came in and, and dropped a 20-piece on you, right? He came in um, and really did everything he needed to do. Texas had, uh, or Kansas had a guy who scored 16 points, and all of them came from, like, within the paint. Like, it just is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas is really finding its stride and finding its ability uh, to get it done through other people. And that's kind of what you have to do when you have national championship aspirations. And, you know, that like like that's what Kansas has each and every year is, you know, they, they want to compete for a national championship. That's the standard. And so um, Texas was not up to that standard. And Kansas is finally getting to its stride uh, and finding other contributors to get it done. Yeah. So with that. Let's talk about the next game coming up. So Texas versus Texas Tech. Um, Texas Tech students have already started camping out. We talked about this pre-pod. And it's not really helping the narrative that we're, that y'all are not our Super Bowl. Um, (laughs) Not helping, not helping that at all. Uh, I mean, what is, so from a Texas fan standpoint, you know, when you see Texas Tech fans, you know, we're already camping out. We're, we're, and, and it's not like we are the favorite. Let's, I'm not trying to mince yeah. it. We, we are the favorite. We are, on paper, the better team. We're the higher-ranked team. We have the better record. you know. But we are still camping out for our quote-unquote rival, um, even though y'all don't necessarily view us in that same light. So what do you? what is the thought from a Texas Longhorn standpoint? Is it just a uh, wacky tech being wacky tech again, or is it you, do you respect the respect? I mean, there, there's like – there are two schools of thought. Like, I did dumber things when I was 20, right? Like, I did much dumber things than camp out. Well, I can't say. Like, uh, camping out for multiple nights for a, bas- a regular season basketball game against an unranked team with a losing record in conference maybe is pretty dumb. Like, I'm going to go and say it. But, like, <laughs> they're college kids. Like, it is well within their rights to do stupid stuff. Um, and I don't think, the, like, those two ideas are not mutually exclusive. Is it stupid? Yeah, I think so. But also, like, you are 19, 20. Like, there is a time to be stupid. I'm a 37-year-old man. I don't get to do stupid stuff anymore, right? Like, that's I, that time has passed. I'm a 37-year-old man with three kids. Like, I don't get to do stupid stuff. But, like, when you're 19 or 20, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Um, and I think it just shows that, um, you know, the 
Texas fans look down their nose at Tech in a lot of ways, and I think um, Tech has responded by just, like, slapping the crap out of Texas at every opportunity they could. Um, and so, you know, whether it's dumb or not, if Tech comes out and runs Texas off the floor tomorrow night like they have a likely shot at doing, then, like, more power to you, kids. You got you, got, you get a story to tell your grandkids. You know what's funny about the Texas Tech-Texas rivalry in the past, in recent history? Is that over the span of our, um, you know, rivalry, y'all have beat us pretty good, right? In all sports. The past, the recent memory, recent history, mm-hmm. surprisingly, we've, we've been ready. It's like, you know what? Let's knock the hell out of them, right? Beat last year won. We're not talking about this year. Last year won in football. Uh, 2023 didn't count. We actually ended the season after uh 11 games. Kind of crazy. I don't know. Weird times. <laughs> um, but uh, beat y'all in football last year. Basketball. Actually, in basketball, to be honest, past decade, we've actually... Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe decades going a little too far. But uh, we've been good on the basketball side of things. Actually have a winning record um, against Texas. Uh, baseball, same thing. Winning record against Texas. And even though women's basketball is not close, um, the, we play harder against Texas than any other team. I was shocked how close that game was with Lady Raiders um, in Austin the other night where coming down to the last few minutes, we were still in the very much in the game um, in Austin. And so stuff like that, it's like we really play up to, oh, the Longhorns are here, let's get it. And it's a part of the reason why a lot of the times games like this, I get a little nervous. I get a little wanky, wonky of like, oh, we're getting a little too up for a team we should already beat. Like what's going to happen here? I don't necessarily feel the same nerves. I think people that listen to this know how I usually get. I don't feel the same nerves as I do in this one because it's almost every single time, and it's harder in today's day and age with the amount of transfers and understanding the importance of certain games to certain fans. But it's almost like this game, and it's because of who y'all are, everybody gets, they know the deal from the very beginning. You don't have to, you know, educate anybody on why we should not like Texas. (laughs) And that's good. Like, that's a good thing, right? Like, that's, that's how, like... College, college sports in general, uh, they say it's built on tradition and built on uh, ma- magic, built on hate and spite and just bitterness is what college sports are built on, right? Like yeah. the number of moments that I remember that are just f- purely fueled by the fact that like I got to laugh at somebody that I didn't like that much it was just great, right? Sitting in the upper deck watching Vince Young and Cedric Benson score seven unanswered touchdowns against Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy, right? Like, I just getting to feel spiteful in that moment was incredible, right? Like, that's what college sports are all about. Like, hate hate the people you're supposed to hate. Like, that's there's so much hate in the world that's misdirected at the wrong people, but I love how hatred is directed in a normal, not normal, in a in a health, not healthy, in a uh, acceptable, maybe somewhat acceptable way in college sports. See, but y'all don't hate enough. See, you hate the Aggies. You legitimately hate the Aggies. You legitimately hate the Sooners. And actually, I will say this. You only started to admit you hated the Aggies until, like, I feel like Tech and, and, and Baylor and some other schools were like, hey, man, you should hate us, too. They're like, no, 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 no. We only hate <laughs> them. <laughs> they, we actually hate them. You know, I feel like with tech fans, we have enough hate to spread it around. Right? We truly and, hate everyone. 
I love that. I absolutely, as someone who has said before that my like first language is pettiness, I <laughs> love that. Like, if there's one thing that I agree with Texas Tech fans on, it is like let's just hate. Like, let's, college sports yeah. is built on hate. Let's just hate people. Who else can I hate? Arkansas. I don't like Arkansas. Who else can I hate? Will Greer. Still hate Will Greer. Don't like that dude. Oh, wow. uh, I don't know who else I can hate. Oh, a lot he, of yeah, hate. he did the long horn, the horns down thing in, in that, West Virginia. He was pretty obnoxious with it too. That was for me. That was my wedding anniversary and my wife's Ooh. first ever game in Austin. Um, so like, I doubly hate that dude for that. <laughs> Just way to ruin my weekend, you schmuck. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, I will say, I feel like there's a school tech fans don't hate. And we have this weird um, love relationship with Iowa State. I don't get it. Really? Yeah. Tech fans and Iowa State fans, we're we're like this. And I think it's because we look at each other like the Spider-Man meme. Like, yes, you're us and we're you. We understand it. Right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, both schools in the middle of nowhere. Both schools like to drink a lot. Um, You know... Red, Mid, yeah, both red. <laughs> Mediocre football for the most part, right? Even though I would argue that Texas history is much better than Iowa State's, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the only, the only Red Raider that I think really hates Iowa State is Jeremy. Jeremy can't stand them. Um, <laughs> Jeremy can. Everybody stand has Iowa that weird State. one. Everybody has <laughs> that weird one. I get it. I really uh, do. Yeah, no, Jeremy. Jeremy cannot stand Iowa State. I don't. I don't know who my weird. Do you have one? Who is yours? The one that doesn't make any uh, sense that you just randomly hate. I don't see. The problem is like, and this is this is where like the Texas fan is going to come out. Like because everybody loves to rag on Texas, it always feels justified to hate people. So like okay. I like I have I have this like this TC. I say TCU right. All of like the TCU people I know personally are great people, but great there's people. just something there's something about TCU that I'm just like screw them. I don't like them. I don't, I don't like him. I can't stand TCU. I but I I, I felt like that's like the whole West Texas rivalry thing. Like, but I can't stand TCU. I, they've actually okay. easily, quickly, risen up my hate list. Um, mm. Top three for sure. I don't I don't. Uh, well, top four anyway. It's it's hard. The the holy trinity of Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A and M. It's tough to break through, even if we're not going to play each other. That's a tough one. That's to fair. Break. TCU's right there though. They're ooh, mm. they're fighting. They're knocking on the door to get into the, and I feel like I should hate Oklahoma State. Um, it's that's I, that's like hating the mirror. Like you, you there's a lot of no, no, no. Okay, I, no, 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 no. Gerald, Gerald, we're friends. We're boys now. We are. All right. Don't don't do this. <laughs> this is not looking I'm, in the I'm, mirror. I'm just thinking o- offensive legacy. No up big numbers. No, no, no. Everything that Oklahoma Horses. State does. I, and I, I, will, I will call Philip and bring him in this, and, and Robert and all of them. Everything they do, they've done afterwards. When it comes to, I mean, obviously the tradition stealing, that's normal. But even air raid afterwards. You want, you, oh, I, I see your Michael Crabtree, I'll get me a Justin Blackman. All right? I see your um, uh, old-ass quarterback, I'll get an old out. They outdid themselves with. with they uh, really did, uh, yeah. Imitation is the sincerest form no, of flattery, Albie. No, you, that, like, that, like when you, when you're young, I don't, I don't. Have, I was the youngest, but like, I assume that when your youngest sibling like steals your stuff, yeah, it's annoying, but also it's because they want to be like you. They want to be you. Um, does anybody have beef with West Virginia? No, nah, they're just there. 
Outside of Will Greer, I actually really like West Virginia. Yeah, I like they're, those. They're, like, I went to a game in Morgantown. Uh, was it two years ago? It was a great time. Great people. Yeah, they're like they're that weird cousin that lives out of town. It's really what it is. Like, yeah. like, oh, J- Jason's gonna be there. I haven't seen Jason in a minute. I love that dude. He's well, so weird. I think, I think one thing that'll help West Virginia is that as more quote unquote outsiders come in, um, they're not gonna be on an island by themselves. So obviously Cincinnati is that branch mm. to them, but also like. UCF's an outsider, right? And yeah. the the pack uh, the pack four that are coming in are going to be outsiders, and so it's not just West Virginia just being the one school on the island where the other nine hate each other. It's now going to be a, a band of misfits, and so that just brings them a little, I think, closer to the conference, right? And so soon mm-hmm. enough, I mean, West Virginia Cincinnati is a natural thing that's likely to yeah. happen where they're going to hate each other. But I could easily see West Virginia randomly having hatred for UCF. Um, or randomly having hatred for for BYU or somebody like that, right? Just because um, they fly so far. Yeah. Well, West Virginia and Texas Tech also have a little bit of a Spider-Man meme thing, right? Also very similar schools. And the, the John Denver Bulls, a fun time. And we just – no, I think the problem is – A lot of drinking. The thing that West Virginia needs is they – and a lot and to spark any rivalry and any pure hatred, you need controversy. And they haven't mm. – in football anyway – they haven't been good enough to have tr- something truly controversial happen that they're like, screw them forever. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's that's really good. Because you don't already have the natural geographic rivalry piece other than Cincinnati, you got to have something that makes – like the Will Greer game is why they don't really like y'all, but nobody likes y'all. So it's not like you're not – they're not that's an fair, exception. Yeah. Right? But, like, they have to have something that bands them together to say, UCF, screw you forever and ever and ever. And they don't have that. That's I think that's the main the, the missing piece for West Virginia. They have it for Pitt, of course. They have it for Maryland. They have it for all the schools that are not in the Big Twelve. But they don't have that piece that is. I remember when you know, Daigie did Jared Daigie did yada yada yada, and this happened. Like they don't have that. Maybe it happens this year. Who knows? But that's that's the piece that errors that West Virginia is missing. That's the piece that UCF is going to have, and I think UCF is going to be really good in football. Um, and basketball apparently, so like they can, they can easily get it. But I think West Virginia and UCF, the island schools, are gonna have to have that beef, that like TCU and B, and uh, who was it in Utah, they still have beef from their Mountain West days. Mm, yeah. Like TCU is like, no, screw them for what happened 15 years ago. Like that's what both UCF and West Virginia need. Once they get that with some school, they'll be in. So. Fair. Yeah. So to wrap us up here, you kind of talked a little bit about some of your stars you have on Texas. Give me some keys that Texas Tech should be watching out for when it comes to this Texas Longhorn team and what is different about this team than the last time we saw them lose. Uh, I don't know if I can answer that first one accurately, but or that second one accurately. I don't know if I mean <laughs> it's not a great basketball team at this point. Um, no, I think that like the two names really to watch. Uh, I mentioned already Dylan Dsu and, and Max Acemus are kind of your uh, your your front court and your back court guys to watch. Right, Dylan Dsu uh, kind of had almost like a coming out party in the NCAA tournament and really did uh, quite some some really impressive things early in the tournament and then got hurt and had to sit out. And uh, it's part of the reason why Texas had that really frustrating loss to Miami in that tournament. But, um, you know, he's back. He's been, you know, he's got averaging now almost 26 minutes a game. Um, really 
doing what he can offensively. You know, he's leading the team right now in scoring 16 points, you know, 16 something points a game, right? Uh, Max Aismas is right there as well with 16 points a game. Like those two are the guys that you're going to have to watch. Aismas um, is, you know, on the list of like top scorers in NCAA history because he's played for like a billion years at this point. Um, but he's, he's a guy who can fill up the basket. He struggled. Um, you know, when his sh- when his shot is falling, I don't know if there's anybody um, scarier to be across the court from, but when his shot is not falling, you can almost, like, not guard him until he, like, comes inside the three-point line. Like, he's the guy that you can just, you know, in the pickup game, he's me, basically, right, uh, when his shot isn't <laughs> falling. So um, those are the two to watch, obviously. Um, you know, everybody's favorite. Um, you know, Dylan Mitchell has been really trying and – um, he's he's on the cusp of averaging like I say on the cusp. He's averaging like ten and eight, eight and a half. So like almost ten and nine is a really um, wild stat line to have as a, as a big man. So I think if he has a good game for Texas, I think it's something to uh, look out for. If, if if Mitchell and DCU get it going, then that's something to, to keep an eye on. So you know what's funny about Max Ace uh, Smith? Um, so Kevin O'Banner, who played at Texas Tech. Um, is a year actually they may even be the same age um they both played at oral roberts together kevin o'banner mm-hmm. left tech two years ago <laughs> yep. and Abe's, and here's ace Smith still playing still still racking up they're actually both in that oral roberts team from 2021 i believe it was that went to like the sweet 16 or had a huge upset played great um, and, uh, yeah, no, Aismas is still, he's still rocking. But, yeah, he, incredible score. I, I wanted him at, he's one of the guys I was looking, hoping Tech would get. Instead, he went to uh, uh, the Evil Empire. But and just a great <laughs> score. Definitely a guy to watch out for um, if you're Tech defense. And I'm sure as they're watching film right now, they're keying in on those two guys. The guys, the, the main two that you just mentioned there, and Aismas and, and Disu, which, of course, everybody knows. Do you expect anything from the guy the Tech fans can't stand the most? There was one player on this team that Tech fans can't say the most, stand the most, and looking, I kind of peeped into Texas Twitter, y'all don't really seem to like him that much either anymore. Um, and that's Brock Cunningham. <laughs> um, no. Short answer, no. Brock, Brock um, I'll say it like this. Brock was in the starting lineup for the first few games of the season. Um, and Texas somehow, I mean, Texas is better with him coming off the bench and not really playing a whole lot um like it just he he served a purpose i'll say like and and that sounds terrible but like brock is a culture guy brock is a glue guy in a lot of ways but i think especially with the way the big 12 is playing this year um it's just not his strong suit right he is the big 12s are really like sizable league from like a physicality standpoint and Brock is not going to be the guy to be able to play that and you know he's he's like this kind of tweener positional guy you know he was great when you know after Chris Beard that whole situation and um you know there was one guy on the roster for like a couple of weeks and it was Brock Cunningham and like all respect to him but like it, it, the 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 athleticism is not there for what Texas needs, um, so do not expect. I mean, he may come out and, and do something stupid and talk to the crowd or whatever, but like that is, um, that's about all you can expect from him. That man is a six foot six guy, six foot six play, man, person out of Austin, and was like, I only have one purpose: is to play hoops at Texas, and I don't care what it's going to take. That's all I want to do. So I do I do have I a question it. when it comes to Brock Cunningham. 
Um, I do think he's going to go top five in the draft. I do think that's a question of which draft. Do you think he'll go top five in the insurance salesman draft, the car salesman draft, or the banker draft? Real estate. He's going to sell houses in Austin. Dang, yep. Oh, man. Yeah, I see it. I see it. I see him on a bench. Oh, yeah. Um, and he, had, could he, could he, he could have ears on both sides of the bench, too, like spanned yep. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Brock Cunningham Realty. Yep, I see it. I see it. Yep, for sure. Um, so there's that. So before we get you out of here, Gerald, I need to get your prize picks prediction. That's right, prize picks. Make sure to go ahead and download the app. If you in Texas, you can't gamble like that anyway, but you can put down prize picks and look at props, do over and or under um, any of those props that come up. Make sure when you download the app, use our promo code TAKES12, that's T-A-K-E-S-1-2, and that's going to get you 100% match up to $100. It's free money. We're giving you free money, so help yourself. That is promo code TAKES12, T-A-K-E-S-1-2, when you download prize picks and make your first deposit. So give me a winner of the game and what the score is going to be, Mr. Goodrich. Oh, man. Um, I... I'm getting that like throw up taste in the back of my mouth, Albie. I'm gonna be real, like real honest with you. Um, it's gonna be. It's. I think it's gonna be Texas Tech. I think it's probably gonna be like a seven or eight point um, margin. Is really what it feels like. Uh, that's. It, it's. You know. I got that. I got that. Like that acid reflux you taste saying that. And you know. Uh, I think my wife is actually calling me now. I may have to run real quick. No, I'm just joking. Um, but like, uh, <laughs> I, that's that's what it feels like to me. Like. I'm not. I'm not a betting man, but if I was a betting man, that's probably the way I'd go. You got. You got to take the cover. So the, the the line opened up at three and a half. It is currently at four and a half. Uh, Tech's favored, um, and so you got Tech not only to win but to cover. And I agree with you. Um, I don't. I I don't remember the last time I felt, and maybe this is a bad omen, but I do feel pretty confident in Tech victory. Warren Washington played last game. I'm still looked a little, you know, a little, not 100%, but I do think, you know, a few more days. He's a little bit, luckily we're not playing on Big Monday. We are playing on Tuesday, so it gives you an extra day of rest. Um, and honestly, there has to be a game where our shooters break out of their form. Pop Isaacs, the guy who was our best shooter for most for the first half of the season, can't buy a basket now for the past four or five, six games. And there has to be a game that breaks him out of this funk. And no fans, but the Texas defense hasn't really looked very defensive yeah. lately. So this they is look offensive, <laughs> offensive to your eyesight as you're rooting this, rooting this team on. Um, but I, you know, I do think that this is the game where Pop Isaacs can break out of his slump. I do think I, I'm a little scared about Max, Max Aikman, especially if he is able to somewhat get in the lane. But I do think that one thing that Tech has been able to have, help happen is is that even when Warren Washington is not on the court, previously we were going small ball with him. We have stopped that, thank God. Um, whether it is Kyron Lindsey, Robert Jennings, um, Amelia Yalajo played last game, we are having a big, in the court, or a somewhat big, six foot eight guy, at least, on the court at all times. And that is helping break the spells of when our seven foot one guy isn't on the court. So a mighty mouse like Max Aismas can't just go to the lane at will. 
Um, and especially in this game where Dylan Daisu is going to be, or Dylan Daisu is going to be the main guy trying to get some of those Hakeem Olajuwon buckets, it will help that we're going to have somebody defending him almost at all times. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a matchup that um, can favor Tech in a lot of ways, and that's why I think I went went with a, with Tech to cover. It just feels um, like everything Texas wants to do, Tech probably has an answer for. I will say DCU usually does kill us. I will say that. DCU, he sees red and black, and he's like a bull. He's like, I'm, I'm getting it. So he usually does kill us. I think one thing that does help me a little bit, makes me feel a little bit more positive about this game, is DCU could put up 25, and I still think Tech could, could win the game. Um, now, if DCU puts up 25, then by God, I hope nobody else puts up <laughs> anything else. Yeah. Um, but I do think that you you – Texas does have a little bit of an issue with firepower, and then, of course, the defense needs to be shored up. Um, you know, I, I, one thing I am worried about is getting confidence. If we start bricking, if Mamillion starts bricking, Darian Williams starts bricking, Pop Isaac starts bricking, Texas gets some confidence, they start spreading the ball around, and other guys that are not DC or Ace Smith starts making shots, now we have a game on our hands. Um, but, but, yeah, you never. I, 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 I agree with you. I'm going to go with a score of 74 to... 74 to 66. Okay. 74 66. Feels fair. Um, yeah. Hey, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go this. And, I, and the, the stadium is going to be rocking mostly because it is the last time we'll play Texas. And when we were talking about kids camping yep. out and all the other stuff before, but that's the only solace I give to it. I'd be a lot more upset about this if this was not the last time we're going to play it. Um, and that is, I think, the biggest reason for the camp out. I, I was mentioning this pre pod. Um, as I don't want to be a full-on hypocrite, just a little hypocrite. Uh, when I say I do remember in 2011 when um, our student body at the time camped out against Texas A&M because it was the last time we were going to play A&M, and they weren't a great team. They were, I think, that year finished 7-5 and five or something like that. Like, they were not a good team, and yet we still camped out because it was the last time, and we haven't played Texas A&M in football since. And so we don't know the next time we'll play Texas in basketball. So that, at the very least, I give some credence to and say, okay, I wouldn't do it. I don't think we should do it, but I get it. I get it. So I get it too, man. I, I do. And this is, it's weird. Like we're coming up on like last, last appearances of all this kind of stuff. And I'm not, I'm not loving it. Yeah. But I mean, at the, I will say for Texas anyway, the SEC is a, it's a nice pillow to land on. I mean, you get to it really is. reignite the A&M rivalry. You get the Oklahoma rivalry, still keep going. And you get to start up some other potential rivalries, like LSU is the, big, the biggest one, I think. And reignite the Arkansas rivalry. I forgot about that one, too. That's the one, um, yeah. Uh, really? Arkansas? I hate, those, I hate those guys. I really do. There it is. There's the irrational one that doesn't make. I mean, I guess from the Southwest Conference, I guess. But they it's weren't even great man. then. I mean, I guess. It's... That would be like if Baylor ever gets invited to the SEC like 20 years from now, and you're like, ah, yeah, I remember those days playing Baylor. <laughs> so that's the team I really hate. I mean, it really is based on the last time Texas went to, to uh, Fayetteville. That was not a great experience. But. Okay. Uh, there's, there's some personal history here. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. All right, Gerald, uh, tell everybody where they can hear you. Um, I know you do occasion, occasional writing uh, or even read you where they can listen to your uh, – actually, really, y'all all should follow Gerald because whether you want to listen or talk about Texas or anything else, just a great, great Twitter follow. I appreciate that, Albie. Yeah, you can hit, follow my personal stuff, uh, at GH Goodridge. I, I tweet a lot about 
um, sports and parenting and nerdy stuff. I'm a huge nerd, so you can follow that kind of stuff. Um, podcast is at Longhorn Pod. We, we go uh, once a week during the non-football seasons, twice a week during the football season. You can catch us, uh, the Longhorn Republic. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. There we go. Um, so, once again, thanks to Gerald Goodridge for being our first non-tech podcaster in Albies Arena. Um, so, quite an honor. Um, and, uh, yeah, I I was going to invite Philip or Andy, but um, I, I just like you more. You know? That's, I appreciate That's really that. where it is. I just like you more. And I um, because I wasn't on the 500th episode of the 1012 podcast... Um, this is this is my get back. Uh, also because I fell asleep, but that's neither here. Nor there. <laughs> <laughs> neither neither yeah. here nor there. They may or may not have invited us to come on, and we just missed it. But that's that's not podcasts are not for telling the truth. They're for no. all spinning lies. a narrative. they for spinning it. Yeah, all spin, all spinning, spinning a narrative and pushing it forward. Um, you know, like if I wanted to spin a narrative that Brock. Brock Cunningham uh, pushes children to the floor and, and just fights them. He's in a kid fighting ring. I'm going to push that narrative. Are you with me? Do it. I, I mean, I probably won't sign You're up for heard that. Heard it here but, first. Uh, Gerald Goodridge agrees that Brock uh, Cunningham, I keep wanting to say Purdy, I'm not going to lie to you, but that Brock Cunningham that too. Uh, beats up little children. You heard it here first. So, for the... Um, Narrative Spinning, Gerald Goodrich. This is your boy, Albie Shore, and you have been listening to Tortillas and Takes Podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.